Thank you for listening in to this podcast from Valley View Church. To Psalm 34. I'm going to read verse 1 through verse 4 from the Amplified Version. And it says this. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I like that. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. The humble and downtrodden will hear it and rejoice. I want you to pay close attention to verse 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Will you say that with me? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us lift up his name together. I sought the Lord on the authority of his word. And he answered me. And delivered me from all my fears. This is not what I'm preaching about particularly this morning, but I want to back up to verse 4 for a moment. I sought the Lord on the authority of His Word. i got to say that one more time. I sought the Lord on the authority of His Word, and He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. But I want to draw my message this morning from verse number 3. Where David said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us lift up his name together. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. I want to share with you for a few moments this morning after we pray on this thought, and I want you to hear it very well. It is all in how you see it. It is all in how you see it. Father, I ask you now that the word that you have burned in my spirit, the word, God, that you have poured inside of me, God, that it will pour out of me as your voice, as your word, as you speak to us in this room. For Lord, you have spoken to me as you've given it to me. But I pray, Lord, that you'll let it speak to every one of us here today. God, that it will not just be something that falls on deafened ears or or comes in and we let it pass by and we miss it. But God, it will be a word that sinks inside of us and becomes a part of us, Lord, and begins to work and move and operate in our life. Lord, as we are preparing ourselves. Lord, we're living in unique moments. We're living in unique times. But in those unique moments, God, we're seeking to draw nigh unto you. God, we're desiring to draw close to you. And God, to know you in deeper ways than we have ever known you before. And Lord, let this word take us to that place. Let this word draw us in. And let your will and your purpose and your plan be fulfilled. And God, we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. I'm going to ask you to turn around to someone and just tell them you love them and you're glad to see them in God's house this morning. Isn't it wonderful to be together in the presence of God?
Isn't it wonderful to feel the joy of the Lord? <clears throat> the way we feel in this moment. I'm excited about tonight, Freedom Night. We're going to worship. We're going to magnify the name of the Lord. And you don't want to miss it tonight at 6 p.m. Be here and expect God to do something very real in your life. Again, the thought for today is this. And I want to ask you to be very attentive to the Word of God today because I really feel this with all of my heart. It is all in how you see it. Our perception changes everything. How you see something, how you look at it, how it is, is received as you view something changes everything. I want to talk to you this morning about focusing on the promise and not the problem. It is all in how you see it. Focusing on the promise and not the problem. What we focus on, we magnify. Amen. What we focus on becomes a big deal to us. We are not changing its actual size as we begin to magnify it. We are simply making it bigger in our own mind. When we see something and we begin to magnify it, it doesn't change the size of the, or the reality of what it is or where it is, but it simply becomes bigger in our mind and bigger on how we think about it. And if you stay focused on your problems, all it is going to do is make it bigger than what it really is in your life. So when you're facing a problem, when you're facing a difficulty, when you're facing trouble, we have to change our perception of what we are seeing. We may see it one way in one moment, but when we begin to change our perception, it can begin to look differently. Let me give you a little example. You can take a small coin, if you will, and you walk outside when the sun is shining real brightly. You can take that small coin and you hold it up to your eye. And the closer you get it to your eye, all of a sudden that coin begins to block out the brightness of the sun. And even though it is billions and trillions times smaller than what the sun is, the closer you draw it to your eye, it makes it look bigger than the sun. In the same way, if you stay focused on something that you don't like, it becomes bigger in your life. And I want to speak directly to some people in this room this morning. If you become focused on things that you don't like about yourself, maybe you say, well, I'm too short, or I don't like my nose, or I wish I had more hair. I wish my voice wasn't so high. If you stay focused on those things, it will block the amazing future that God has for your life. Isn't it amazing sometimes how the enemy can take the simplest of things and get our mind off of what God has for us? A simple thing like, I don't have enough hair. And we get so focused on that that we put all of our focus upon it and it, get, it takes our main attention. And, you, and listen, you may have some things in, about you that you don't like. 
you may have some things that you consider that are wrong with you. And I want to just tell you, we all have been in that place. We all find things about ourselves sometimes we don't like. We all find th things sometimes that we consider that are wrong with us, if you will. But I want to tell you this morning, there's a lot more right about you than what you're seeing wrong about you. Can I say that again? There's a lot more right about you than what you are seeing wrong about you. And you need to quit magnifying what is wrong. You need to focus on what, you don't need to focus on what you don't like. You need to start focusing on what God said about you. Isn't it funny sometimes how the enemy will make us see, see certain things about ourselves and he'll magnify it in our life and we get so caught up in it that we can't get beyond it and it depresses us, it gets us down, it weighs heavy on us and we start thinking badly about ourselves and we start thinking all manner of things about ourselves that we ought not to think but God sent me by to tell you, you need to start thinking on what God says about you. What does he say, Pastor? God said you are a masterpiece. God said you are wonder fearfully and wonderfully made. God said you are one of a kind. Oh God, Lord, listen to me this morning. God said you have the right looks. He said you have the right personality. He said you have the right gifts to carry out the work and the will of the Father. Now I know he may not say them in those exact ways, but when he said to you that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, what he's trying to tell you is you got all the right stuff, you are the right person, and God's hand is upon your life, and with the hand of God upon you, you and God can do anything. Amen? Magnify what is right about you and not what you think is wrong. Let me get, listen to this, if you will. You can get a negative medical report, and here's something we all do. You get a negative medical report, what's one of the first things we do? We go home and we look it up on the Internet and find out everything we can. Somebody listen to me. You get on the internet, you find 43 side effects, and it adds to all of it, adds to your worry. You find 27 different people that died from it. And it all adds to your worry. You pick up the telephone, you call one of your friends down the road, they tell you about somebody else that had it, and for 24 hours, they were all messed up. And they give you all these negative kind of things in your life. And it gets bigger and it gets bigger. And you keep dwelling on it. You give it your attention. And the next thing you know, it all becomes distorted in your life. Amen? Now, it's like that little coin that you held up in front of the sun. Something that wasn't quite so huge and quite, not quite so magnified. You allowed it to become magnified in your life and it became greater than what it is. My message today to you is this. It is all in how you see it. And you need to start focusing on the promise and stop focusing on the problems in your life. Find you a promise in the Word of God and stand on it. Remember this, it takes the same amount of energy to believe as it does to worry. Hey, Keith, are you listening? I'm preaching to me right now. 
But I say to everybody in this room, are you listening? It takes the same amount of energy to believe as it does to worry. And all you got to do is put your faith and trust in God. You can go through your day thinking, well, prices have gone up. I can't afford anything anymore. You can go through your day saying, well, what if I don't get that promotion? What if I don't get that scholarship? What if I lose that client with my job? I don't know how I'm going to make it. Well, you can spend your time worrying like that, or you can spend your energy saying Father I thank you that you're supplying all of my needs. You said you'd pleasure or you had pleasure in prospering me. You said you would open up the windows of heaven and you would pour your blessing out upon my life. So you see there's all in how you see it. It's all in your perspective. So you can look at it one way or you can look at it the other way. When you, are mag- when you magnify the promises instead of the problems, that is when your faith is being released and that's when God goes to work in your life. When you start magnifying the promises and you start focusing on the promises and you start getting locked in on what God's Word says about the matter, if you'll change your focus from problem to promise, faith will rise up and you will know that God will fulfill what He said in His Word. Amen. If you're single this morning and you want to get married... Don't go around thinking I'll never get the right per- I'll never meet the right person. Don't go around saying, well, it's never going to happen. You need to turn it around and say, God, you said because I delight myself in you, you would give me the desire of my heart. Lord, you said no good thing which you would hold from those who walk uprightly. And, Lord, I want to thank you that my good thing is coming in. That man or that woman that you've already picked out for me, it's just a matter of time, and they're going to show up in my life. I want somebody to hear me this morning. It doesn't matter where the spectrum or what part of the spectrum you're in. God is ready to meet your need. Whatever you're believing for, instead of magnifying the negative, instead of worrying, find a promise you can stand upon. Listen to me. All throughout this word is promise after promise after promise after promise. And all you have to do is find a promise that relates to what you're dealing with. Find a promise that relates to what you're struggling with. Find a promise that relates to what you're going through. And you stand on that promise and you go throughout your day every day quoting the scripture. And you go throughout your day and let it play over and over in your mind. Maybe it's something like this. God, you said you hold victory in store for the upright. You said your faith surrounds me like a shield. You said the path of the righteous gets brighter and brighter. Listen to me this morning. The reason it is so important that you have a promise and that you focus on it is because God is not obligated. Listen to me. God is not obligated to bring to pass what you say, but God is obligated to bring to pass what he says. So that's why it's so important that you find a promise and you stand on it. You can say certain things and God's not obligated to that. But when you start quoting his word and you start speaking his promises, God is obligated to fulfill his word. Amen. But the good thing about it, God's not just obligated to fulfill his word. He delights in fulfilling his word. 
And when you say, God, you said I, I would prosper and live in good health. God, you said you'd always cause me to triumph. God, you said my latter days will be better than my former days. When God hears his promises coming out of your mouth, that's when he says to his angels, go to work, get busy, make it happen. Go ahead. Are you listening to me? When he begins to hear his word coming forth out of your mouth, he puts angels forward in operation to bring it to pass in your life. Why? Because God is as good as his word. If God said it, he will do it. If God said it, he'll stand behind it. If God said it, he'll bring it to pass. If God said it, you can count on it. If God said it, it will happen. Oh, I feel him. This is what Abraham did according to the word of God. When God gave him a promise, he and his wife Sarah, that they were going to have a baby when they were both, and naturally they were both way too old. You remember the story. In Romans, but don't you notice what it said in Romans chapter 4. It said, Abraham considered not the weakness of his own body, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. In other words, he didn't go around thinking, well, God gave me this promise, but I must not have heard him right, and it's not going to happen. There's no way this can take place. He didn't run to the Internet and look up, how can I have a child at 100 years old? He didn't go pick up a telephone and call his friends and things, see what they thought about the matter. Abraham did the same thing I'm asking you to do this morning. He began to try trust and believe upon the Lord he looked to the promise and not the problem he looked to what God said and not what he or other people thought or believed it goes to say it goes on to say he considered not his circumstances but he was fully persuaded that God would do what he said he would do and I want everybody in this room to hear me right here. Abraham made a powerful decision. He said, I'm not going to use this energy to worry. I'm not going to go around thinking about it may not work out. But instead, I've got a promise from God. God said it himself. God gave it to me. And I can hear him going throughout his day saying this. God, you promised I'm going to have a baby. God, you said I would be the father of many nations. And God, you said that my descendants would outnumber the stars. God, you said my descendants would be as the number of the stars or even greater. He kept focusing on the promise, reminding God of what he said. And I want to say this while I'm here. If God has made you some promises in your life, sometimes you just need to stop and remind God of what he said. It's not because God has forgotten, because God hadn't forgotten one thing. But when you start reminding God of what he said, you start reminding yourself of what God said, and then it starts stirring up your faith, and it starts causing you to believe once again, and it starts stirring inside of something inside of you that gives Gets you excited about the will of God. Amen? The promise of God became bigger and bigger. And you know the story. And almost 100 years old, they had that little baby that God promised. You know why? Because Abraham stood on the promise and not on the problem. 
He saw what God had said, and he believed what God had said. And I want to say this to you, and if you're going to see your dreams come to pass, you're going to have to see those promises fulfilled. There will be times like Abraham when you're going to have to consider not your negative circumstances. It may be a negative medical report. It may be a negative financial situation in your life. And I want somebody to hear this. You may feel like that you're never going to get out of debt until you're 147 years old. You may be so buried under and so heavy laden and so in such a place in your life that you never feel like you're going to get out. But somebody listen to me. If you stay focused on it and you continually run the numbers and you analyze it and you reanalyze it and you go through all of this, all it will do is make you frustrated. All it will do is stress you out. All it will do is make you worry. But instead of considering your circumstances, why don't you start considering your God and understand that your God is in control of your situation and God is in control of your life when you start considering your God oh I feel him what do you mean what God? What, what about God? What do I need to understand about God? What, what do I need to think about God? What do I need to dwell on about God? You need to remember this. He spoke the worlds into existence. He flung the stars into place. He's got you in the palm of his hand. One touch of his favor can catapult you into a new level in your life. I hope somebody's listening to me this morning. Just one good break, one explosive blessing can put you in the overflow in your situation. Just one explosive blessing of God. You ever stop to think just in the next moment, God could explode something in your life that would change your life forever. I don't know about anybody else in this room. I can't speak for anybody else in this room, but I can speak for me. I live my life every day in expectancy to see God working in my life. Amen? I live my life every day expecting God to see God working in my life. I want God to work in me every day. I want God to do something in me every day. I want God to do something through me every day. I want to see the hand of God in my life every day. And I'm trying to bring myself to the point and the place that I'm in such expectancy of big things from God, that God's going to move in such great ways, and that we're going to see miracles like we have never seen before. Let me remind you what the psalmist said. He put it this way. In Psalm 68, 1, King James Version, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. I want to give you some other versions here. The voice said it this way. May the true God rise up, show himself. May those who are united against him be dispersed. The living Bible said, arise, O God, and scatter all your enemies chase them away then the good news translation said God rises up and scatters his enemies you know what it's saying here it means that God is greater than any enemy we have in our life and when you make God bigger in your life when you let him arise focusing on his greatness it will build your faith and your attitude of faith will come to the place that you will be expecting every day breakthroughs, dreams coming to pass. You'll be expecting God to move in your life. And when you come to that place of expectancy, guess what? The enemies of your life will be scattered. Why? Because you're not looking at what your enemy's doing anymore, but you're looking at who your God is, what your God is doing, and how your God is working in your life. Amen? And I want to remind you, nothing can stand against God.
nothing can stand against God. Nothing or nobody can stand against God. I got two questions for you today. I want you to hear them. What are you letting arise in your life? What are you lifting up? What are you letting arise in your life? What are you lifting up? Someone says, well, I'm in a slow season at work right now, Pastor. Somebody hurt me in a relationship. My health has gone downhill. That's why I'm so discouraged. I want to say this very lovingly, but I want everybody in this room to hear me. You're letting the wrong things arise in your life. You're letting the wrong things rise up in your life. You got to turn it around. You got to change your focus. You got to go from looking to the problem to start looking to the promise. You got to go from considering your circumstances to considering the God that you serve. Here's how you do it. All through the day, you got to learn to declare, God, give me strength for this battle. God, you said no weapon formed against me would ever prosper. God, you said the traps the enemy set for me, they will fall in themselves. God, you said I haven't seen, heard, or imagined the amazing things that you have in store for me. You have to tell yourself on a daily basis, things are changing in my favor. I hope somebody's listening to me in this room this morning. You got to tell yourself on a daily basis, you, you've done, you're done with what's in the past, but I know, God, you're going to do greater things in my future. God, you worked for me in yesteryear, but God, the greatest things of my life are still lying ahead of me. The greatest things of my life are in my future. The greatest things of my life are what's ahead of me. And I mean this. I've seen God do some great things. I've seen God do some wonderful things. I could tell you things about what I've seen God do, but I want to tell you something. I believe they're just a scratch in the bucket or a scratch on the surface, if you will, of what God is getting ready to do and what God is about to do in my life, in this church, in my family, in our church family, to those who will allow God to do His will. When you let God arise, you cannot stay defeated. Somebody hear that. When you let God arise, you cannot stay defeated. What do you mean? Healing comes. Promotion comes. Favor comes. Victory comes. Your enemies will be scattered. Amen. I'm reminded of a story of King Jehoshaphat in the Word of God. When the Bible tells of a time when they were facing great opposition, three major armies were surrounding him and the people of Judah, and they were quickly closing in. In the natural, it did, they didn't have a chance. In the natural, there was no way out. There was nothing that could be done. They were outnumbered 10 to 1. If anyone had the right to be discouraged or to complain, it would have been Jehoshaphat. But I want you to notice he didn't do that. Instead of complaining, he gathered the people together. And they began to pray and they began to seek the Lord. He did not say, God, I'm begging you to help us. He did not say, God, it's not fair. He did not say, I don't know why this is happening to me. But he started talking about the greatness of God. He started talking 
talking about the goodness of God. He said, God, we know all power is in your hand. Lord, you rule the nations of the world. Nothing can stand against you. Then he started numbering what God had done in their life. God, you drove the inhabitants out of this land. You gave us this city that you promised Abraham. He started naming off enemies that had been defeated. What was he doing? He started magnifying God and not his trouble. He started magnifying God and not his enemy. And God sent me by to tell this church today, you need to start magnifying God and stop magnifying your trouble. Stop magnifying your problem. Stop magnifying the enemies that are rising against your life. Magnify your God. We can learn from this. The bigger you make God, I want to slow down here, listen to me. The bigger you make God, the smaller your problems become and the more faith will rise in your heart. The bigger you make God. I want to just stop and ask you this. How big do you see God? How big do you see God? The reality this morning is this. Every one of us would say, I see God huge. I see God in great, huge ways. But you don't know the truth? Not very many people probably sitting in this room today see God in a big way the way God's talking about. Because everything else has got our attention. Everything else has got our focus. Everything else has got our, our, got our view turned aside. But you've got to stop and ask yourself this morning, how big do you see God? How big is he in your life? How big is he in your focus? How much do you see him in the circumstances of your life? You remember when the spies were sent out on behalf of Israel, when the spies were sent out to the promised land, 12 of them went out, 10 come back and said, there's no way we can conquer. There's no way we can have it. There's no way we can possess it. There's giants in the land. But there was two men came back by the name of Joshua and Caleb. They came back and they said, oh, yes, there are giants in the land. Yes, there are great things over here, but we are more than able to overtake them. And here's what I like. The last thing they said was this, let us go at once. Why would they make such a statement? Because they knew it didn't matter what the land looked like. It didn't matter what the opposition was. It didn't matter how big the giants were. They knew that the God that they served was more than able to bring victory in their life and give them what he had promised. I want to stop and tell you this. God is more than able to give you what he has promised in your life. But i got to ask you, are you still holding on to the promise? Are you still believing God? I want you to notice something here. In this group of 12 men, both groups saw the same people, but they had a different perspective. One came back seeing the obstacle. One came back seeing God. Let me tell you something that amazes me. Out of 2 million people that camped next door to the promised land on that day, only two walked in, and it was Joshua and Caleb. You know why? Because they could see how big God was. You know why? Because they trusted in the Lord. You know why? Because they knew God would do what God said he would do. And they knew God would never, ever, ever let them down. I want to tell somebody in this room today, God will never, ever, ever let you down. 
I don't care who's failed you. I don't care who's come up short in your life. I don't care who's done what to you. And I don't care what you walked through. And I don't care what's going on around you. God will never let you down. Could it be that our own, our own wrong perspective is keeping us out of our promised land that God has promised us? Could it be that our own perspective is keeping us out of the places God has promised us, the things God has said, the things God has spoke into our life? If we think our obstacles are too big, our own perspective will keep us from God's very best. That's why David said in the psalm, he said, magnify the Lord with me. He said, magnify the Lord with me. In other words, he was saying, don't make the problem bigger. Don't make the opposition bigger. But make God bigger. Make God greater. Make God more. I know it sounds so simple this morning, but I want somebody to hear me in this room. We need to make God bigger in our life than what we've allowed Him to be. I know what we say, and I know what we speak, but what do we really believe? You can say you believe God is big, but do you really believe He's big? The real truth is your life will project just how big you believe God is. Amen? Your life will show just how big you believe God is. I'm fixing to close, but I want you to listen to me. It's interesting to me how that when David faced Goliath, he never called him a giant. Somebody listen to this preacher. When David faced Goliath, he never called him a giant. Everyone else did, but David didn't. This is important. They talked about his size, his strength, his skill, but not David. David called him an uncircumcised Philistine. I hope you listen to this preacher. He didn't even give him credit for being big. He didn't deny that he was big, but his attitude was this. If I'm going to magnify anything, I'm going to magnify the source of my strength. I'm going to talk about the greatness of my God. I'm not going to focus on how big my problems are, but I'm going to focus on how big my God is. So while everybody else is saying, look at the giant, look at the giant, look at the giant, David's saying, look at God, look at God, look at God. Somebody hear me this morning. David had a different perspective. He knew if God be for me, who could dare be against me? He knew he was strong in the Lord. He knew he wasn't going to fight alone. He knew all the forces of heaven was going to be on his side. That's why he stated to Goliath, you come to me with a spear and a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. He was declaring, you come to me for battle in a manly way, but I come to you in the name of God. So I don't don't fight by myself, and I don't fight on my own, but God will fight for me. Notice what he was doing. He was magnifying his God. Turn me up a little bit. He was magnifying his God, talking about his greatness. In Psalm 128, New Living Translation, it says this. 
Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemy. Somebody hear this preacher. Do not be intimidated by any way, in any way, by your enemies. That's not my word. It's his word. We've been intimidated long enough. We've been threatened long enough. We've been pushed around long enough. We've been backed in the corner long enough. We've been scared long enough. We've been shaking in our shoes long enough. We've felt intimidation long enough. And Paul is saying, you don't have to be intimidated. And I want to speak to somebody in this room as I'm closing it. Like David, you may be up against a giant right now. It may be a giant called addiction. It may be a giant called death. It may, or, or, or I'm not, sorry, not death, but debt. It may be a giant called sickness. It may be a giant called trouble. Whatever your giant is in your life, whatever you're facing or you're up against, do not be intimidated. Because God says we don't have to be intimidated. He said he didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I want to remind you of something you need to remember. The forces that are with you are greater than the forces that are against you. you got to have the right perspective. And when you do, God is on your side and God is fighting for you. And God will stand with you. I want to share something with you. I read a story about a little boy. Again, playing softly, Colin, if you would. Read the story about a little boy. There was a big bully that lived down the street that was always bothering him. He was trying to get his nerve up to go stand up to him, but he was just too afraid. He didn't have the confidence. One day his father bought him a new telescope. He was in the front yard playing with it, but he was looking through the wrong end. He was looking through the big side. His father came out and said, no, son, you're doing it backwards. Turn it around. It'll make everything bigger like it's designed to be. He said, Dad, I know that. But right now, I'm looking at this bully. When I look at him this way, it makes him so small that I'm not afraid of him anymore. I know that sounds like a simple story, but that hit home with me. Dad says, no, you're looking through the wrong end. No, Dad, I'm looking through the right end. Because what's been amplified in my life, what's looked so big in my life, what's looked so scary in my life as I look through this end, Dad, it doesn't scare me anymore. Dad, I'm not afraid anymore. I believe this with all of my heart. God sent me by this way today to ask you this question. What end of the telescope are you looking at? There's some people in this room that need to turn the telescope around. There's some people in this room who need to turn it around and get a new look and get a new perspective. Because what has looked so magnified and so great and so huge and vast in your life is really nothing 
as it seems. But God wants to give you a new perspective. God wants to give you a new sight. It's all in how you see it. You see, the reality is, as human beings, we're prone to look at the negative. Amen? As human beings, we're prone to see the downside. As human beings, we're prone to blow things out of proportion sometimes. But God said, I want you to see it the way I see it, not the way you see it. Because here's what you got to understand. If God really does what we say and what we believe, which is this, God goes before us, He comes behind us, He's all around us, He's above us, He's beneath us. If God really does that, then He goes before us in what has looked so great and huge and vast in our life. God has already brought it down to size. And made it so minute that there's nothing you and he cannot conquer. Won't you stand to your feet with me all across this room? I want to speak to somebody for a moment. You've magnified the problem long enough. You've talked about how impossible it is long enough. But if you'll turn the telescope around, you'll see it from the right perspective. And you'll realize that it's nothing to God. You'll realize it's nothing God can not change. All he's got to do is breathe in your direction. Are you listening to me? All he's got to do is breathe in your direction. All he's got to do is give one touch in your life. One touch of God's favor will change everything. It will transform everything about your life. But I'm going to ask you again, which end of the telescope are you looking to? Which end of the telescope are you looking to? It's all in how you see it. It's all in how you see it.